0: I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved.
1: War room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Ban.
0: Okay, welcome. It's uh, welcome back. It's Saturday, March twenty, uh, March eighteenth, eighteen March, year of our Lord, twenty twenty-three. Um, You know, we're talking today about the the convergence of this geopolitical crisis, uh, particularly the war that the Chinese Communist Party has against the United States of America, the merger that this massive geopolitical uh, conflict that's taking place in the Eurasian landmass and taking place here in this country with their unrestricted warfare, the conversion of that with this um, with this uh, financial crisis. We want to thank Birch Gold for for sponsoring uh, today. Um, and the reason is we want that we've worked in partnership with Birch Gold to kind of walk you through what was going to happen here. And we started, I think, over a year ago. It was in the spring, winter of 2022, I think it was. We came up with the first in our episodes of the end of the dollar empire. And we're trying to show people hey, with this fiat currency and what they're doing and spending, this is going to be a nightmare. And so we did it three parts. We, first, we did the. Um, uh, the politics of money, I want to lay a predicate to understand from the founding of the republic with, with Hamilton and this debates with Jefferson and all that, all the way through Andrew Jackson, President Lincoln, uh, William Jennings Bryan uh, versus the uh, the oligarchs, uh, the robber barons of the, of the late uh, 19th century, and then all the way to the forming of Federal Reserve, you had this whole century of the politics of money. That kind of went away with the creation of the Federal Reserve. We kind of t- took money out of the political debate second part where we talked about was after World War Two, with the with the collapse of the British Empire essentially because of all the casualties and what had happened, the destruction of their wealth and treasure in World War One and World War Two, that the pound which had been the prime reserve currency throughout the world. Because in a, in a global trading system, you need one currency that you convert you can convert into to make to do transactions all over the world. The pound had been that. With the collapse of the British Empire and Bretton Woods, the United States became not just the hegemon or the, the superpower with Russia, because of nuclear weapons, we also became the, the really the financial hegemon with the U.S. dollar and how the pressure on that and the importance of that as the prime reserve currency and the pressure of that. Uh, what was going to uh, what was going to happen if we ever lost it, uh, lost it, and what efforts we were making as a society, a culture, and a political system to actually destroy that. The third, and I'm really proud that we got into this over the holidays to start working this uh, November and December that it's called the third series, it's called The Debt Trap. And we really lay out, and it's more relevant today even when we're doing this. So that's why I'm really thankful for the team of working through. Uh, the Debt Trap shows you exactly where we are today and why the country's in this jam because of this just out-of-control spending uh, in, um, uh, by the Biden regime and what it means as far as interest rates, all that, and this debt trap are coming up on the debt ceiling and why you have to hold the line. So just go to birchgold.com slash Bannon right now and get all three episodes, right, They're like reports. Uh, very easy to read. We go our way try to make this accessible. Uh, but I've had the top guys on Wall Street read it, and they, they love it. They say, hey, it gets to the points. You just do it in an accessible way. So make sure you get there. It's a homework assignment, and you can check out. Well, I want everybody right now to start. you got to start thinking about self-reliance. That's why we have so many of these, of our patrons and sponsors, come on here and talk about what you have to do to take care of yourself. The one thing you have to do today, more than ever, because you're just being fed a steady diet of misinformation, is to go to places like Birchgold. To go to birchgoldcom slash get all the free information kits, all about the gold-backed IRAs, the gold-backed 401ks. It's time now that you immersed yourself. Just like you'd learn, take all the reports and all the links I put up on Getter and everything and read these studies and read reports. It's time now you start to immerse yourself in precious, precious metals as an alternative. This hour we're going to have Dave Walsh is going to walk us through the geopolitical impact and the financial impact in these massive deals the CCP is cutting with Iran, with Saudi Arabia, what's Russia doing, kind of the politics of oil, the economics of oil, how it's playing into this converging third world war. We're also going to have, i got Colonel Mills, Colonel Mills gave a presentation the other day on, on, uh, on, um, on, uh, with Brandon House and the team over at Lindell TV that was quite frankly brilliant, walking through how, how tied in our economy is to the, to, the, to the Taiwan chip manufacturers and actually walk through what, what, our, what our exposure is there, the exposure militarily. So we're going to get to Colonel Mills, all of it. What I want to do now Because this debt ceiling is so important, I want to go – we haven't had a chance to play it, and it must be seen, and I want to comment on it. The great Matt Boyle, who – he had three mentors, Andrew Breitbart, uh, Tucker Carlson, and Steve Bannon, and this – he's the best political reporter in uh, Washington, D.C. He did an incredible uh, series of interviews with Kevin McCarthy, and this is so important. Because remember, you're the head of the creditors committee. We can't budge an inch on the debt ceiling, uh, and now we have to bring over the Republican leadership. I think we're getting there. Let's go ahead, if Denver could play, let's play uh, the um, uninterrupted, the interview, and i will come in for commentary and observations afterwards. Let's play the interview, Matt Boyle, and Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy.
2: Debt ceiling. Uh, yes. The, uh, obviously, uh, I've, th- one of the biggest things you guys are gonna confront this year, I've talked to dozens of people preparing for this interview, a lot of members, a lot of people around town, a lot of people throughout the media, asking them, uh, you know, What's the big thing they want to learn from you? A lot of them say they want to know what is the the line on the debt ceiling. What are the what are the terms? What is the the line in the sand? What are you willing to accept? How, how lay the lay out the battlefield for us? Look,
3: the, the debt ceiling is very serious, and we've got to understand what the debt ceiling is. And and just to put it down, it's like providing your child with a credit card. They charge all the way up to the limit. You're responsible for paying it, but do you raise the limit without changing the behavior, or do you change the behavior? You know, many times in American history that we've came upon this debt ceiling, we would negotiate, and we would, Republicans and Democrats alike, have really in time the Grand Rudman. have really gotten reforms fiscally that made America stronger. Right now we have inflation because the Democrats run away spending. What really people want to look at, is it a spending problem or is it a revenue problem? Because our spending is $31 trillion of debt. You just had the Congressional Budget Office just come out a couple weeks ago and tell us a forecast for the next 10 years. What they say is in the next 10 years we will end up paying $10.5 trillion just in interest. So it's like just paying the interest on your credit card, never taking on the principal. Now put that in perspective. How much interest have we paid in the last 80 years? Let's go back to 1940. So if you add up all the interest that we paid for our debt since 1940 today, it's $9 trillion. So what took you 80 years, you're gonna pay more than 10 years. And every great society collapses when they overextend themselves. Now let's compare, so is the problem we need more revenue? Well, when you look at the revenue that's coming in, it's about 20% of GDP. Well, is that high or low? The 50-year average is 17%. There's only three times really in history have we gotten 20% of GDP in 1944, 2000. So really, we're getting more money coffers into the coffers of government, but what the Democrats have done, they increased discretionary spending more than 30%. They increased all this spending, and that's what put us into this problem, the $6 added dollars that the Democrats added. So we're in a real problem. So the one thing I firmly believe, we're not going to raise taxes, and we're not going to pass a clean debt ceiling. So what I told the president, We can sit down and we can talk. He thinks you should just raise the debt ceiling and not negotiate. That's not what history tells us. That's not what the American people want. 74% want us to sit down and solve this problem. Why? Because if you keep spending more, inflation comes. That's what's brought us inflation. It gives an advantage to China over We're going to spend $60 million today paying China because of the interest. We're going to do that tomorrow and the day after and the day after. I'd rather invest it in America. And we're going to hurt our children and grandchildren. So what I propose is that we're sitting talking among ourselves. I just brought in the Congressional Budget Office Director, and I brought every Republican and every Democrat to the auditorium. Normally, we have only done that for a classified briefing when there is some challenge to America, be it the military. Well, I think this is just as big as issue. I think it's our biggest issue out there. So we're all coming together, because we're not gonna solve this problem just by ourselves. But I told the president we have to spend less money, We need to do things like energy independent, you know why? Because that lowers inflation. you will never lower inflation unless you lower energy cost. We should do something on work requirements where the Democrats have taken those away. We should encourage people to go to work, not encourage them to sit home. We can look at securing our border. That would save us money and save us lives with stopping the fentanyl from coming across, keeping Americans at their jobs. So there's a lot of things we could go out and we can recapture billions of dollars in COVID money, has been appropriated that hasn't been spent why why spend it then i mean so there's a lot of places we could find savings and we can make government more efficient more effective we can end the pandemic which would save us money we could have federal employees go back to work we passed a bill on that and there were 47 percent of federal employees aren't at work today in the office. Um, so what I look at is a number of things, but we've got to get our fiscal house in order is the
2: fundamental thing we have to do and put us on a path to balance. Is there a dollar amount that you think would get look, you to sign off on a deal? I or, do not, are we I do there not, yet? Or
3: yeah. I do not predetermine what that is, but what I laid out what the president is, we're going to spend less money. Mm -hmm. And and another dollar amount that you would look at, not just all the savings, but what if you were able to secure the border? What if you were able to become energy independent? That's a lot of savings in itself, because you have the price of uh, fuel lower so people can work more, that more jobs would come to America.
2: So we saw this in the State of the Union, where he came out and attacked Republicans falsely. It was a a lie when he said that Republicans wanted to cut Social Security, uh, and everybody in the chamber uproar, right? Like, just started, what was it like in the room uh, in the, uh, you know, we saw you sitting course, behind him there. It's even,
3: it's even louder in person than is on, on television. What's really sad is the president loses a lot of credibility. When I publicly said we're not cutting Medicare and Social Security, but he loses a lot of cr- credibility when the reason why in this new Congressional Budget Office report for the next 10 years, for the first time, all three t- trust funds become insolvent in the next 10 years the highway trust fund, Medicare and Social Security. So when they put in Medi- when they put in Obamacare, they raided Medicare. When they just did their inflation bill, they raided medicare so why or do we have a problem why it's becoming insolvent even quicker what the democrats have done to medicare and to turn around and know it's a lie to try to tell the american public that the republicans are going after it? we are the ones that have been trying to save
2: it mm-hmm. well biden has since seemingly signaled that he's at least willing to deal with you guys do you think that that moment blowing up on him there in the state of the union like it did he seemed to recognize it right like the, he almost well, he's almost like negotiating job. back and forth. Do you think that that moment has forced his hand now, and now he's willing to, to, to work I th- with I you think guys? Only,
3: I think only time will tell, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the president's answer is, is to tax more. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing you do in an economy right now that has no growth. It's the worst thing you do with inflation, what he's wanting to do as well. I think government spending less curves inflation, makes us stronger economically, and put eliminates waste in government.
0: You see McCarthy Bowl gets it out of to spend less. He, he's, he's finally he's connecting dots, which are quite important to the country and to you. Um, the spending is a tax because the inflation, the government spending is not productive. It's a tax. And what it's done now in this massive deficits we have, it's fueling. It's got the dumpster fire of inflation lit. And that dumpster fire is burning through everybody. We're going to get to all of this uh, in detail. I've got uh, Dave Walsh on the energy side. Colonel Mills is going to join me on the uh, chip side. We're going to get to all of it. Uh, Take a short commercial break. Also, make sure you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. Get the free three-part series, including the one we just put out, The Debt debt Trap. You will see uh, um, the—it will give you some background on what McCarthy just said and why it's so important. I want to thank— uh Matt Bull and the guys at Breitbart. Great interview. Short break. Back in a moment in the world. Here's
1: your host, Stephen
0: K. Bannon. Remember, you're head of the creditors committee, you, uh, because you see now the banking financial crisis, it's all in a linked to the debt ceiling and the spending, uh, the, the over the massive. And I'm talking about orders of magnitude bigger than anything we've ever seen before. Gets back to the Chinese Communist Party. Gets back to the biological weapons program. Gets back to the pandemic. All of it. It's all interconnected. But as the chairman of the Credits Committee, you're going to have to make some tough calls. You're going to have to have. You're going to have to provide spine to these politicians because we're in a the convergence of the. And I, this is absolutely. You could take this to the bank if you want to, or put it in a tomato can out back, or or take it to Birch Gold and change converting to gold. We have a convergence of two massive crises, a geopolitical crisis with an enemy that is uh, greater in scale than any enemy this country has ever faced. That's the Chinese Communist Party. That uh, geopolitical crisis on the Eurasian landmass, and it's actually broader in the Caribbean, in Polynesia, in, um, in, in, in Brazil, Latin America, everywhere. But that's the central part of it is on the Eurasian landmass now. That's converging with a crisis of the, of the neoliberal order. Because of the three hundred trillion dollars of debt, of how they haven't wanted to reform the system and really use capitalism, but just kick, kick the can down the road, continue to paper it over that 's why this three hundred trillion dollars of debt, as I said in my CPAC speech, you know Professor Rabini said that we're going to have these series of, of crises from you know inflation to stag- stagflation to recession to depression to debt crisis, capital markets, all of it. You have to start thinking about alternatives for you and your family. So right now, make sure you go to birchgold. dot com slash Bannon and get the third part of the series, "The Debt Trap." It will make you the smartest person in the room. You want to be sit there at, the, at, a, at your next dinner party or barbecue in the backyard, or we sitting in the stands watching the kids play softball. The kids play little league. Uh, be the smartest person in the room. Just get this, and we'll put you just like we do everything. We'll put you ahead of the curve. Dave Walsh, should I play the cold open? Let me bring in Dave Walsh first and I'm going to play the, the cold open. Walsh, you've been, you know, we know that the predicate for the, the, the golden year of 2019 was full energy, full spectrum energy dominance, which was the basic underlying foundational stone of the Trump, of Trump economics. We've gotten away from that. Uh, walk me, I want to walk through first, get us up to date on the on the oil and natural gas markets where do we stand? Because prices are falling. I think a big part of that's because of this massive recession that's coming and maybe a depression. But then I want to talk about how the Chinese Communist Party is in the politics of this energy, how they are very smartly, as they are, they're cunning and smart, doing these output deals and getting rid of the petrodollar for the yuan, and it will be a game changer for us. Always. First off, get us up to date on where we stand with the global markets.
4: Well, we're in the we're in the mid sixty dollars a barrel for oil. Natural gas prices over here are very low at about two sixty a decatherm. Um, the oil we talked yesterday is uh, a lot because of Russia breaking free of OPEC, and again, it becomes very very difficult to hold together an illegal cartel, a monopolistic cartel, because you know parties to that kind of an entity wind up breaking free in their own self interest. That's what Russia has done. They have retained their production levels very close to 11 million barrels a day and rapidly displaced supply to Europe with supply to China, Turkey, and India in the $40 to $45 barrel range. And then a lot of that oil, because this is a liquid, it leaks into the global supply chain and becomes virtually undetectable. There are credible reports in the Wall Street of massive um, ship-to-ship transfers occurring at sea by Russian vessels to other vessels. To supposedly make transportation cheaper. No, what they're doing is funneling that oil to many, many Western markets who would otherwise be politically in trouble should they be known to be buying Russian oil. But it's very hard to hide or, or you know, uh, uh, assure, verify that you're not buying Russian oil once it leaks into the global system, as it's a liquid and, and it can't really be tracked. So they, they, they've had with these price cuts, you know, favorably. For a couple of reasons a massive benefit to oil pricing dropping showing that the cartel can be can be challenged it needs to be challenged and only president trump's uh, policies on energy dominance put us in a position to do that we were only producing in this country six and a half uh, million barrels a day as recently as 1996 we we double that now all due to the policies of president trump what happened in the in the period between 15 and, and 20 um, so we're in a position to be able to challenge OPEC and Russia in this way with, with a, a, a boycott and a price cap that's that's worked. It's actually worked. It needs to be extended. And uh, let me, one last point on that, your good remarks at CPAC yeah. on, on Fox. Today, Fox proclaims, oh, wow, there actually appears to be an alliance between China and Russia. Well, go figure, because Putin's going to be visited by Xi Jinping at a, at a summit in, in Moscow. Well, guess what? Uh, On this forum, we talked about a year and a half ago, the convergence of the interest of China with Saudi Arabia on the PetroYuan while Saudi Arabia was aligning Russia in in OPEC plus at the same time. This has been visible for a year and a half, the alliance of China with Russia on these activities and providing the distraction of the Ukraine to dissipate our military strength and our monetization while they look at their expansionist moves in in Southeast Asia. This this has been obvious. Fox comes out today and finally acknowledges, oh, yeah, there seems to be a convergence of interest between China and Russia. It's been visible for two years.
0: Yeah, And, and, and with your help and others we bring on here, our audience is fully up to speed. You're right. The Fox thing is a joke. But, Dave, I want to go back to that because Putin and Xi at the Olympics last year said they had a no-limits partnership. And part of the no-limits partnership was Russia to provide them as much oil and natural gas as possible. Talk about the importance uh, in the economically for the United States of these massive deals because it's not been reported. It totally caught the State Department by surprise, totally caught the Biden regime by surprise. The senior uh, people from the Ayatollah's regime in Persia and the House of Assad... We're in Beijing cutting a deal, and these deals are predicated upon these massive output deals. Since we're going to a net carbon zero, you know, we got windmills. We're not buying from the, from, from the Middle East, and they, they don't think we're going to be a long-term customer. They've turned to China, massive 40-year output deals. But a key to these deals, it's converted in petro yuan, the, the currency of China, not the currency of the United States, of petrodollars. Walk us through the mechanics of it. Why is it important? And what, what impact do you think it's going to have overall on the economy?
4: Well, the impact and importance. China, China only produces about 4 million barrels of oil a day in terms of their own self-sufficiency. So they import nearly 9.5 million barrels a day. That's got to come from somewhere. So they've, they easily now, with the Western European price cap and boycott, Russia becomes the source this has been discussed for some time. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, right in lockstep with that, with the negotiations you described and the ideation of a petro yuan replacing the petrodollar. This has been this has been reality. These discussions and this collaboration, including Iran, for two years, it's been very visible since at least January of 2021. Um, that this has been this has been in place. Therefore, you know our our own actions in the meantime to continue to plead with Iran through Russia to procure oil from them, what this administration had been hard at for its first uh, ten months in office, and then coupled with the fact that China is specifically not on board with the net zero mentality, not on board with the decarbonization mentality, is absolutely on board with growing its industrial and military might and economy which is largely based on the use of fossil fuels. Nothing has been invented to displace them for running machinery, for lubricating machinery, for providing fertilizers. They know that. They're, they're not dissipating their, their use of carbon fuels. They're buying more of them, while the West, at, at their, with their donations and their various influence, becomes less and less dependent on fossil fuels, or tries to, in reality not really, they, they, have, they have retained their position of wanting to grow their industrial power by beginning to import mass quantities now from Russia. Prior to that, they've had a nice a mix of 9 million barrels a day coming from numerous sub-Saharan African countries, including also from Brazil. Uh, that's been partly now switched to Russia at these very favorable prices. They have no intention of weaning off fossil fuels. That's a mantra that they're pushing over here to buy for us to buy solar panels and lithium-ion batteries. And, and, and what does
0: weaker. it say about what? What does it say about the global South? Remember, the global South essentially owned the resources. We had the Federal Reserve note, a fiat currency. What does it say about the global South that, particularly Persia in the House Assad, are prepared to take the devaluation or the instability of the yuan, right, the Chinese currency, to actually convert to take it and in, in, in pay for it in those terms? They take it. Than to actually do the conversion in dollars. How big a rejection of our entire system are, are uh, the way we've managed the Biden regime's managed the, uh, the economy, Dave Walsh. You know, a couple of years ago, it, people would be laughed out of the room if they even brought this up. Your thoughts?
4: It's an it's an endorsement. It's an endorsement by them that they believe they now believe long term policy of this country and Western Europe in total will be a continuous migration off of fossil fuels that they provide. Therefore, they need to find a bigger, better, more fungible, reliable financial market to sell them. And that's China. It's very simple. They're believing the rhetoric of the Biden administration, the uh, secretary of the treasury, the head, the head of commerce, the head of interior, the head of the EPA, that we, we are getting off of fossil fuels. The, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia now believes that. Therefore, you go to your next larger and more rapidly growing market, and you forge an alliance, including dealing in their currency. It's very real. and It's tremendously material to us because the reality of divorcing from fossil fuels means the reduction of our industrial competitiveness significantly and our ability to wage war very directly. No, they, they, they're, they're believing our rhetoric and the rhetoric of Boris Johnson and the elites in Western Europe, which is the same. We're going to get off the fossil fuels. Therefore, kingdom of Saudi Arabia goes to China. They're, they're not doing this. Okay, their, their goal and objective is
0: to we're t- Dave, hang, Dave, hang around with us. Uh, I ask you just to hang. Uh, the, the dollar, our currency, energy, our oil and natural gas, I think, and then chips. That is kind of the modern economy, the world's economy. We're going to take a short break. Whenever everybody go to birchgold.com slash get The Debt Trap, the third in the series, but you can get the whole series, and you can find out everything you need about precious metals. Short break. We're going to be back. We've got Colonel John Mills. We're going to talk about chips. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Band. Okay. Uh, MyPillot.com, promo code worm You're not going to get tons of hours of sleep, and I understand now with the banking crisis and the geopolitical Everything evasion of the southern border. People are having a tough time sleeping. Get Sleep the sleep of the just. The hours you can't get to sleep, you will maximize your sleep by using the products of MyPillow. MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Go check it out. The MyPillow 2.0, buy one, get one free. And plus, they get sales all over the place, all over the place. So make sure that you go check it out today. MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. This is why I can be fresh as a daisy you know 6 days a week and then if you follow me on getter you'll see it's 7 days a week um so the the other part of the economy and this is why people you know the the optional war we've gotten ourselves involved in the Ukraine and one of the reasons we're doing this special is she is in uh is in uh Moscow is going to be with Putin on on Monday where they're going to you know, even do more in your face from even the meeting they had during the Olympic show last year where they did the no no um uh, limits strategic partnership. And, and Dave Walsh absolutely right. Fox is running around now. It's the Alliance. It's been like this for a couple of years. And Dave Walsh said the quiet part out loud. He said, hey, the Persian thing with uh, the Iranian thing with, with in the Saudis with CCP started. He, he picked a random date. January of 2021. I think that's when the regime, Biden regime, illegitimately took, uh, took over here in Washington, D.C. I want to bring in Colonel Mills. Colonel People miss the point. You talk about optionality right now. The advanced chip design that's that's done in these factories in Taiwan is orders of magnitude better than we do here in the United States. It's going to be decades and decades. That's reality before we can replace that. Uh, Taiwan is Silicon Valley West, even if you don't believe. And I don't believe in the one China policy. I think uh, Taiwan is an independent uh, republic of China that really has a that looks out for its people, has freedom of speech. Uh, Etc. Not what, not how the gangsters in Beijing run it for Lao Beijing and crush Lao Beijing every day. But walk me through. Th- this is the key point: is that when it comes, when the rubber hits the road, when the CCP gets to back up enough, if they make a move on Taiwan, this is something that would there's not optional. And quite frankly, I think Nikki Haley blew her whole launch for the presidency when they the guy at NBC asked her the question. He says. Well, would you defend Taiwan? She goes, well, I have to think about that at the time. No, you've you got to think about that now. That's not something you t- kind of think about in the afternoon. Colonel Mills, you've you got some slides here, et cetera. Go ahead and, and walk us through the importance of these p- facilities and how we actually defend them and how the Chinese Communist Party will try to take them. Colonel John Mills.
1: Yeah, thank you, Steve. I think it was important to uh, go over the gathering storm in the Pacific, and then I took this map from uh, uh, February of '45, updated it, and just to orient everybody: America and Hawaii are this way. Alaska's up here. Japan, Okinawa, lots of forces here. Here's the country of Taiwan, Philippines, American sovereign territory, Guam, Tinian, and Saipan. So when General Minahan talks about projecting force, it's all about projecting force to here. It's within range of the TF-26 missile. That's about 1,700 miles, but those missiles can reach all the way out here and probably even into Hawaii. This is the second island chain. And oh, by the way, the Chinese have already established a footprint behind the second island chain down in Guadalcanal. So the country of Taiwan I think just important here. This is the this is the capital city, Taipei. Their major port of Keelung, major port of Kaohsiung. There's a coastal strip about 10 to 20 miles wide. That that's really where most of the population. That's where a lot of the the uh, chip plants are at. We'll get to. Most of this area is actually mountainous and hilly, and provides a fallback, a beautiful fallback position. So all of this area is mountainous, hilly, and they've spent decades getting this area ready. So, next slide. <clears throat> uh, Americans, if you bought appliances, if you have a car, very high possibility they came from one of these five plants. These are the five major TSMC plants in uh, Taiwan. It's all about chips now. And this makes the, uh, the coming conflict very difficult from this pure country over on over here. How do they, how do they seize these? without destroying them, without harming them, and taking the workforce. They need the workforce. They don't need, just need the factories. They need the workforce. And somehow TSMC has been able to get it right. They've been able to produce these chips. And again, in your car, in your appliances, in your computers, pretty high chance, about an 80% chance it came from one of these. Now, they are creating a huge facility, and they just tripled the size of it north of Phoenix in um, Maricopa County, curiously enough. In uh, in Arizona, but it's all the invasion is no longer just about. This country to the left claiming the country of Taiwan, it's really because that that country to the left needs these plants, Taiwan West needs these plants, because these are important for their economy. These are dual use, both for uh, military and commercial. And this is the southern. Just for our, plant oh, by right the way, just, hang
0: hang on a second. Just 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 for our podcast and radio audience, when he says Taiwan West, he's he's euphemistic. That's China, and and Taiwan's what ninety miles off the coast, so it's 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 right off of mainland China. So when you talk about Taiwan, the Chinese, the CCP needs those chips like mother's milk for their own economy. Correct, Colonel Mills?
1: Yeah, absolutely. This greatly complicates their move because in the past. They were just going to blow up the island. They didn't really care. But now they actually are dependent on these chips. They they created a clone company called HSMC, dropped about $9 billion, could not replicate uh, uh, the the increasing efficiencies of the, the silicon and the chips that the uh, TSMC was producing. They just are good at this. It's something in the water. They're very good at this. This is the, the five plants, and this is kind of separated along the coast and south, so I would as as we do a strategic walkthrough um, and staff drill, uh, look at this, which is the most likely plant to go after first? And probably is this one further in the south. Again, the hilly hilly areas start right over here. But so here's the plant. Here's a possible beach landing site. Now remember, remember the the uh, Chinese have never done anything like this. They've never done anything like this. So this is gonna be a mess. So if they landed here, that's one option. Here's another what, what, what what
0: you're saying is what you're saying is amphibious amphi- amphibious landing is the most when you talk about combined arms the most complicated of combined arms operations are amphibious landings i would say force crossing of a river but second very close is coming across a beach that's why the united states navy perfected that in world war 2 with you know with the great you know iwo jima and these other peleliu terawa with the marines and the navy combined did these incredible uh um, landings, of course, Normandy with the army and the U.S. Navy and the British. Uh, also, the Chinese have never tried the combined arms. Really, the Chinese never really been in gunfire when the balloon goes up on any kind of large scale war. That's one of the questions about their military. But the combined arms of uh, amphibious assault would be obviously uh, and it would be teed up. Is, is it most likely that they will do an air and naval blockade first, Colonel Mills, or you think they'll actually try to come and secure these uh, factories?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point Steve. I think an envelopment of uh of uh, Taiwan is is actually the more likely. They've already again through the south they have that uh that forward operating base behind the second island chain of the Solomon Islands. I think wisely if they're under not under extreme pressure from Xi in the front office is to do that first because this is going to be very messy. Right down here's the airport. Are they going to try what the Russians did to seize Hostamel, or also known as Antonov Airport, where the special operators parachuted and helicoptered in? And then a ragtag group of regulars, reservists, and civilians swarmed and killed them while their, the armored column uh, floundered for weeks trying to get south to them. And these special operators, their biggest weapon is surprise. Their most important, they're, their greatest weapon is surprise. Once the surprise has been lost, they're toast. So if they try to seize this and then run the 12 miles up here, just what the city officials have to do is make sure they run every single bus and dump truck from the uh, utility uh, sector and from the school sector, block these routes, block these routes, and don't let them get close to it. So either way, it's going to be very rough for them.
0: One of the issues here is that we don't do, let's be blunt, we don't do the types of joint exercises you would need to do because of our wimpy po- po- political, po- political class won't do it. We don't really do serious combined arms oper- – the types of things you would need to defend this with the Taiwanese army as currently constituted. The United States military does not do massive joint tactical operations to defend these plants right now, do they? The Ch- Taiwanese do and the civil defense authorities there do, but we do very little actual – unlike NATO – and the NATO, we do more operations than the NATO allies. NATO allies don't like doing it because it costs money. But we still do it to some degree. We don't really do that at all with the Taiwanese military, do we, John?
1: Well, it, it actually it leaked out. It was in a press release. You know, we have roughly a battalion size uh, as a forward tripwire, which Committee on Present Danger has been suggesting for almost two years. Uh, so we do have special operators on the ground. A lot of them have really been training about the fallback, falling back to the mountains and the hills so they can rain fire and uh, essentially counterattack from the mountains and the hills. So we have a robust set of special operators doing a, a direct mill to mill training. And it sounds like we have a special, essentially a battalion, and that, that goes back to the Trump years where that we started uh, moving this but, direction. But, but
0: my y- yes, don't get me wrong. The, the battalion is fantastic, and that shows your commitment the Chinese hate it, But to defend these, as you see it right now, we may not have time to go through all the maps, as you see it right now with those chip plants that are absolutely central to the American economy. Our economy would drop by 25% it does not happen. Do, do we do at a level that you know we have to do of combined arms – training with an ally to actually defend those plants militarily sir
1: no not yet not yet steve we need to do a lot more and we need to do a lot more fast we need to flow ammunition to guam we need to start exercising the early portions of the war plans uh no we need to accelerate 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 the more we sweat now the less we will bleed later because the gathering storm is uh almost irreversible at this point in time
0: Colonel Mills, last thing I want to thank you has been magnificent, but Cleo Pascal was on with Grant Newsham about a week ago. She talked about, and it's interesting, we're doing the 80th anniversaries, what we fought for at Guadalcanal, what we fought for in the Solomons, what we fought for in these island chains in the, in the South Pacific, in mid-Pacific. The Chinese are politically taking it over right now. They are essentially doing the imperial Japanese war staff who wanted, did it kinetically, they're doing it with uh, ind- uh, unrestricted warfare right now, correct, to do that envelopment, to basically <laughs> cut off Taiwan and, and our Japanese partners, allies from the west of the – from the, the United States specifically, but also the rest of the world, sir?
1: Yeah, very disappointing. My grandfather fought on Guadalcanal. This is, this is quite disappointing, quite disappointing, and uh, – um we, we've given away the farm on this. This is a total failure of the uh, diplomatic arm of uh, instrument of national power. We just gave away the farm. We just walked away. We only had a third of an embassy to begin with on, uh, in the Solomon Islands, a third of an embassy because they shared like with Vanuatu and uh, Papua New Guinea, I think it was. You know, We didn't think enough of them that we didn't even give them a full embassy. Well, they've said they're going to do it now, but that's like two years away. It is just shameful what State Department has allowed to happen here. This is one of the key tools in the toolkit. And once again, uh, State Department has, has passed out, drunk in the gutter.
0: Uh, Colonel Mills, how do people get to you? How do they get to your amazing book? How do they get to all
1: your uh, content? Uh, thank you, Steve. Yes, thenationwillfollow.com is the is the, the site, thenationwillfollow.com, uh, preface by Stephen K. Bannon. Thank you, Steve. And uh, uh, Colonel Rhett John on Getter, Colonel Rhett John on Getter, Colonel Rhett John on uh, Truth.
0: You're one of the smartest guys out there, Colonel. Thank you for giving the uh, to brief us on the factories of Taiwan that must be held in the reality check of where we actually stand with it. So people are not surprised like the collapse of the banking system. Short commercial break. Dave Walsh is going to stay over. I've got some closing thoughts on where actually stand in this financial inferno. Next Okay, make sure you go to Getter. We'll be up all weekend. So much happening. This meeting in uh, in Moscow happens on Monday. And I'm telling you, we're into the Third World War. It's one of the reasons we want to do the kind of the special today. Um, Dave Walsh, energy is such a key component of this. I can't emphasize enough the Chinese Communist Party as our existential threat is coming at us every way. Unrestricted warfare, one of the biggest things they're focused on is economic warfare. Remember, we underwrite these people. Right, there's this big fight right now over TikTok. Uh, there's all this uh, fight about uh, about uh, the Biden family. Remember, the United States government. We still in in the in the capital markets, Wall Street, the oligarchs. We underwrite the CCP. If we cut them off in technology, we cut them off of all access to capital. If we cut them off the SWIFT system, we could uh, bring this. The Beijing would bring this regime down in a hundred days. The most murderous dictatorship in the history of mankind. Bring it down in a in a hundred days. And people say, Bandit why are you the leaders of the anti CCP movement? Why are you such a super hawk in this? I'm a super hawk in this because if you solve that problem with the Chinese people, you really solve much of the world's problem because they are underwriting much of the chaos, and they're going. They're we're helping destroy our own economy with our own overspending and what we're doing with the Federal Reserve, but they're exacerbating it. One more time, Dave. You've been in this business a long time. How? Monumental is it to have these massive oil deals, forty-year output deals, not converted into dollars, but actually they would take the currency risk of of converting it into the converting into the uh, Chinese currency, the yuan.
4: Well, you, you, the, the the lack of self dependence on something as critical and as important a part of the economy as oil and gas inside of becoming dependent on on imports of that. The entire strength of President Trump's team visiting with the House of Saud several years ago when we were a 14, 15 million barrel a day producer, which has come back somewhat despite the actions of this administration, at the table we then have power in negotiating the continuance of dollarized transactions. Without dollarized transactions and without also espousing being a major consumer of those fuels to feed the industrial growth of the country, the GDP growth of the country. When the House of Saud lacks confidence in both, that we're not a competitor and then B, we're not um, a player in terms of being a buyer in that we've lost interest in growing our economy – with this dependence on ESG and uh, non-carbon fuels, they, they they ignore us and the, the impact becomes the lack of ability to control prices and more exposure to, for which has happened with natural gas in part as it's become an exported commodity vis-a-vis the development and invention of liquefaction and LNG exports. It's become a global gas market. Gas is a very volatilely priced uh, commodity because it's heavily traded internationally. We can control that somewhat if the transactions are in dollars. If they become in yuan, uh, we, the, the, the oscillation of, of cost levels here becomes huge. And we're talking about home heating. We're talking about electricity supply. Now, 38% of our electricity supply, and plus the industrial use of gases, a, a huge, huge impact on the economy of destabilizing what will result in uncontrollable yeah. inflation when these things occur.
0: Unbelievable uncontrollable inflation, which is a tax on you. Dave, what's your social media? How do people get to you?
4: Yeah, I'm on Getter and uh, social media both at uh, Dave Walsh Energy. Thank you, Steve.
0: Walsh, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, brother, for for being here for us. It's just been amazing the last couple of years. You've been ahead of this so much, and I'm telling you, we're into it now. This is bad. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. You You know, I don't say lightly when we're in... um, like 1938, 1939. We're hurt. You see the kinetic part in Ukraine right now. You see Bakhmut. Bakhmut, that battle in Bakhmut has been like any huge battle like Verdun in uh, World War One. massive, just shelling each other every day. So it's the convergence of these two, the financial crisis, and you see this in the United States, the banking system is on a knife's edge. That's why I'm very honored to, to, to work with Birch Gold. These reports we've done, have always been ahead of the curve and I think make you smarter. Right now, what is most incumbent upon you for the life of your community, your nation, and its politics, and also you and your family, is to make sure you become self-reliant. As you look at the banking system, whether they're sitting there saying, hey, are these deposits secured, are these unsecured? You need to start to take care of yourself and make sure you can look in the mirror and say, I've done everything I can uh, to, to take care of myself and the family. When India, China, and Japan... Three smart, tough countries are buying more gold than ever. It's now time for you to start to think about that. That's to Go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. Get all the reports that we've done. In fact, read those reports and say, hey, these guys are pretty ahead of the curve. But also get all the information. They got free info kits on everything related to the IRAs, the 401ks, and everything about precious metals. Now's the time. Homework assignment. We've given you a couple throughout the next couple hours. Immerse yourself in information. You know, put away the put away the, the the magazines. Even cut the TV off. And I realize it's 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 March Madness, at the big weekend for college basketball. We love that, but hey, this is a crisis going on right now, and you got to think about taking care of yourself and your family. Go to Birchgold. Just immerse yourself in information right now, and then contact. You know, P- Philip Patrick and the team are always there, and they're always available to talk to you guys. So go check out the uh, the the uh, 800 number. Also, go to Birchgold.com/slash/bannon. Get the reports over the weekend. Make sure you immerse yourself in everything. also want to thank Mike Lindell. I understand it's tough to sleep now, but go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Get to the square right now. Check it out, the MyPillow 2.0, all of it. Help the company. Help Mike Lindell and, of course, uh, the, your humble servants here at the War Room. Uh, we're going to do, be doing a lot more segments like we've done for the last couple hours today to make sure that people have a very clear context of what's happening so not just so you can be the smartest person, the most interesting person in the room, but it actually helps to inform your decisions personally for your community and for your nation. You are the creditors committee. And I don't say this lightly. It's the reason we work so hard and have done this show and spend so much hours on it. Your decisions, your decisions as MAGA, as the citizens of this country, are going to determine the direction of this republic. And in determining the direction of this republic will determine the direction of the world. Peace and prosperity, the sunlit uplands, they're not here with us today, not close. But you can see them up ahead if we take determined, tough, unrelenting action and you use your agency. Use your agency for yourself. Use it for your nation. You're the creditors committee. Dig in there. Great honor. I'll be up on Getter over the weekend. Make sure you go check out birchgold.com slash Bannon. Really appreciative. We'll see you back here live on Monday morning war room posse you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies they resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you i've got the solution Unplug systems a secure communications company has an app suite you can install on any android phone including its own uncancelable app store vpn antivirus and highly encrypted messenger better than wicker signal telegram or anything else none of your message or vpn traffic is stored analyzed or sold claim your security for only ten dollars a month go to their website unplugged.com that's unplugged.com slash war to install the unplugged suite it's secure it's private it's the way we stay connected and informed get it now take action 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 use your agency